thing down. Then back one more to Hedwig and Carlo for supporting the podcast. And for everyone. Hello, welcome to Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. Today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... Define your character's personality in play. Do character creation in play. Decide what game you're playing in play. Decide whether you're playing a game at all in play. I feel this... I like this because it does imply I've essentially just walked into an unrelated social interaction and started playing D&D, which is a power move. Not necessarily D&D. You haven't decided what game you're playing yet. That is true. I have just walked in, given someone a dice and said, roll. I think the reason I like this one is it kind of escalates from, yeah, that's a pretty reasonable idea and a fun way to encourage RP, to what? Like, you know, any social interaction could just be an RPG at a moment's notice. See, now you're reminding me of the person that wanted us to come up with a way to rank friendships. Yeah. Um, you know, roll roll plus your friend stats now to see see if we're still friends. Um, there's something about gamifying social interaction, and I'm not sure it's a role-playing game so much as a grim dystopian vision of the future society is heading towards. I mean... Not to go all Black Mirror, but that's kind of what a lot of social media is already like. Yeah. This is why the main one I use is Tumblr. I sadly still use Facebook, so if you're listening, Mr. Zuckerberg, give me an extra ten friend points. Oh. But yeah, oh, like, defining your character's personality in play, I, I, I genuinely like. like that's Yeah, I usually do doing. do that. Yeah. Like, it's usually easier to sort of come up with a vague idea and, okay, how does this character act in this situation than it is to, like, you know, come up with a full personality. Because I barely have... I can barely role-play myself, so it's hard for me to just leap right into role-playing someone else. Because it's like... Like, with my current D&D character, I kind Mm. of... I act without really thinking for them. It just kind of happens. Mm. And then I make a little note about what happened. Like, this is my fear response. These are the things that I value under pressure and stuff like that. Yeah, so we've established this this was a good idea um, and you should do this. Like, there's definitely something about character creation in play. Like, there's the recurrent idea of, like, you don't have, like, you don't know your stats. And you can do a similar thing if you determine your stats. And there are games that do that. Yeah, like if you roll well at something, hmm. you get proficiency in it. Yeah, and I know that there was, I think it's called Atlas Vega, which essentially you do do character creation in play. So like, if there's an engineering problem, you could be like, ah, my character knows engineering, and you have a limited amount of that. So, so far, like, you know, this yeah, has so all worked out well. Um, yeah, which means... what game you're playing in play. So I feel the way this works. Like physically fights. Yeah. Uh, you get to play Vampire the Requiem if you beat someone to death with a copy of Vampire the Requiem. Most, most RPG books are quite hefty, you know. Yeah. A lot of them are hardback as well. Yeah, you could pretty easily bludgeon someone to death with a monster manual. I like the other way of being like... So, you know, you only have a plus two to something. 
and for a d20 system that's not very good so you swap it out so instead you're playing a power by the apocalypse game where plus two is pretty great like you can just decide which rule system you use to determine your stats i feel like you could escalate this to like well i've i've got advantage on perception in D D, and this same character gets to roll eight dice for driving in chronicles of darkness i feel like you can logically escalate it to okay so my character doesn't have great stats this game is now determined by arm wrestling and then you're like twice as big as the gm so you win that's true it doesn't say which rpg you're playing it just says which yeah. game Defeat yeah, um, with a game of knots and crosses. They they pull out like you know the character sheet for a great worm red dragon. You pull out a football, and because they're <laughs> nerds, they'll have no idea what to do with it. Like you know what what is this weird dice? It has no numbers on it, and it's unfeasibly big. Presumably, to make it fair, the DM can also do that. Like you've, yeah. you've switched from D and D to Twister, and then they switch it back to D and D by making you roll decks to play Twister. Yeah, like everyone has like five um tokens, and they can spend a token to change the rules to an entirely different system. Um, which again doesn't have to be a D and D system. It can be like, yeah, we're now playing tag. We're yeah, now playing like... Spin the Bottle, and this is how you, you like hit on your GM. Whoever makes out with the DM best wins. <laughs> I do feel like, you know, as a DM, this would cause a lot of problems. But also, every time you switch systems, people need to make a new character sheet for that system, so you get more time to plan. Mm. Like, if you feel like you're, um, you know, running, if you feel like, you know, the game sort of hit a wall and you're not sure what to do next, play a token. Everyone now has to make a character sheet in GURPS and you now have several hours to sort of plan the rest. It's it's a foolproof plan. Yeah. Or, for the thing now, everyone now has to make a character in basketball. So you have Tiber level tries to figure out what the fuck that means. <laughs> I assume it means you put it out as like, you now have to go train and become prof- become professional basketball uh, basketball players. I mean, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Improve your games by having a token, which if you play it, your players then have to go join the NBA. I do also like the idea of making a character in basketball being you have to sit there and sew yourself a basketball uniform. Yeah. Or sew yourself a basketball. Even trickier. Hmm. So you have to figure out what making your set of character in basketball is. Uh, and then someone else puts down another token, and now you have to figure out how to do it in um, Call of Cthulhu. Make a character in battleships. You have to go get an engineering degree, get a job mm. with the Navy, work your way up, design a battleship. This is the best form which of which point your DM has written several novels. <laughs> I have, I have, betra- I have liked stolen a battleship from the US Navy in order to win my D&D game. I thought when... I, I mean, it I did... would definitely buy you some time. Yeah. 
Like, the ultimate aim of any D&D game is to set up enough obstacles in the way of your players so they can't reach your D&D game. I mean, setting up enough obstacles in front of your players that it takes ages for them to get to the end goal kind of is the purpose. Yeah, that's why my D&D games are all done in rooms with behind Resident Evil-style puzzle locks. Like, in order to be in my game, you have to find the free statues that you put on the plinth to open the door. you got to get the shadows just right. Yeah, I live in a reverse escape room. Ingress room? Yeah. Like, I I can leave, but no one can enter. Can you enter after you've left? Or no. do you want to solve the puzzle? Well, I mean, like, you know, I know the solutions to the puzzles, so, like, it's not as big a problem for me. Uh, this is a cool like new the, security this idea. Of, this is kind of a, a sidetrack, but Things that characters are going in and out of every day that require solving complex puzzles to get into them bother me. Yeah, like, it's one of those things which it's... I want to make sure that anyone who breaks into my house is as competent as possible. Which seems like an issue. Yeah, like, I get when it's like, oh, you have to find a code and you have to figure out the code. But then it's, I've conveniently left this puzzle near my padlock. Yeah, like it's sort of... solve it tells you the code for the padlock. And it's like, maybe maybe you should keep that on your person. It's just... I, I don't see the appeal of a security system that's designed to give burglars a sporting chance. You know? Yeah. Like... I see you're trying to break in and kill me, and I will let you if you solve these riddles free. I mean, riddle-based ones especially. Like, when when it's a riddle to see if you're worthy of getting the treasure, fair enough. But not like, in order to get into my house, you have to solve the riddle of the Sphinx. <laughs> There's a Shadowrun idea where, like, the, 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 the um, thing you're trying to steal is guarded by an AI that was programmed, like, to determine security systems, but it just based it all on old adventure games due to, like, a mix-up. So now there is an ID, uh, AI that is convinced that old Sierra adventure games are the best way to guard things and you get through all the puzzles, and the very frustrated guards who are trying to convince it to just lock the door. I mean, old Sierra adventure games are a good security feature in that the burglar will give up and go home before finishing the game. <laughs> you know, this, I guess that is the point of goals. A point, point of goals? The point of, like, security. I'm not sure the point of security is to just frustrate the burglars so they leave. Yeah, like, you know, they try and get in and they can't. Like, you get through any security if you're if you're, like, persistent enough. Okay, so your argument is that not being able to pick up a to pick a difficult lock counts as frustrating the burglars so they leave. Yeah, like you know, eventually you could just punch through the door. I will concede that you're not entirely incorrect. Hmm. In fact, if not in spirit. Like eventually like it's just a matter of, you know, how long are you gonna spend kicking this door until you get bored and go home? Um, so the last bit, decide whether you're playing a game at all in play. I mean, are we are we ever truly playing a game? What is a are game we, and what does it mean to play? Are we ever not playing a 
Yeah, isn't isn't capitalism just a game with rules we didn't agree on? Is not life just a game where we must max out our fulfillment stats? I know you have a philosophy degree, but also I feel like the answer is no. Are we not all players collaborating on the campaign that is life? I'm still going to go with no. Is life not just D&D? I hope so, because otherwise my plan of rolling a d20 before all major life decisions has not boded well. So on the other hand, you have to roll a die at the start of the session to see whether you're going to play a game. If it's odd, <laughs> you don't get to play that day. Like, I don't care that it's the only free time everyone's got for the next two weeks. You don't get to play today. So, okay, so what we need to do... So you roll a dice before the start of each game, to, as you said, to see whether you get to play... Uh, the players decide to GM's modifier to running games. Um, just, just based on how into the game they're feeling. Yeah, just based on how good the GM is. Uh, it's an ideal way to tell your GM you hate them. Um, it which sure is, I believe, is. I believe, the goal of all RPGs. Like, I yeah, I feel the alternative is like, once you're in a game group with someone, you could just walk up to them and go, role play. And now they have to start acting like they're like they're a D&D character. Like, you know, whether or not they're at work, at a funeral, doing surgery, roleplay, you're an orc barbarian now. So it's it's kind of an escalation of the game Shatner. Yeah. And this works especially well on the GM, because the GM, you could just go roleplay and then pick anyone in the world and they have to act like that. Like, I joke, but I feel this would actually be a fun party game with, like, you know obvious like safety limitations i still feel like you're just describing the game shatner but with more options i don't know what shatner is oh it's when you yell shatner at someone and they have to overact whatever they're doing at the current moment okay well i i just came up with the same idea now and i am going to sue william shatner (laughs) i'm pretty sure like i don't know if he's aware of the game shatner but i'm pretty sure if he was he wouldn't approve but uh, also, I'm, I'm good. I don't approve of him, so I don't care. But yes, I feel, so yeah, I feel like, so after discovering that my idea actually exists and is patented by Star Trek, um, yeah, I think there's definitely, no, I say there's definitely some artsy games. I know the artsy games where the premise is you have to determine whether or not you're playing a role-playing game to play them, uh, and it's called WTF, and... Yeah, you have a character class that makes rule makes the rule system, and that's a parody game. Oh, I hate it. So let's do it. Um, I think, yeah, you have to philosophically determine what it means to be playing an RPG. I think we should move on to questions before yeah. this just explodes in my brain. Is it merely rolling a dice that determines an RPG? Well, no, because their RPGs involve cards, their RPGs involve classes. So is the, is the context of RPG truly something that correlates to anything in our reality? Or can anything be an RPG? Is cleaning up an RPG if you pretend to be an orc while doing it? Yes. Am I playing an RPG if I roleplay as myself? So our first question... Is God not a GM of our universe? Why if God is one of us? 
Would you like to read out the actual first question since you love questions so much? Jesus came down and said us to the masses role initiative. Um, our first question is from Sun Blue Thinking. A college gaming group ran several small games and their herald parties combined to have a 20-something people large group trying to fight some mega monster in the same evening as having already done a full session with boss fight. Is there any way at all this was a good idea, especially for a beginner game? Uh, nope, this has been trimmed because it was originally very long. It was. It was like half a page on the Google Doc. Um, I feel this is a great idea. Um, get all the beginner get players together and they can just, you know, learn it. It's sink or swim D&D learning. By the end of this, you either are an expert at D&D or dead. I think my main issue with it isn't the fact that it's after a major boss fight, because that just feels like a, an interesting kind of high stakes thing. Mm. It's more the size of the party, considering yeah. how long a round takes in D&D with like four players. People must have been sat there for like half an hour waiting for their turn. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's also partly just... You're not really going to get much of a chance to shine if there's 20. Like, you're going to... Because I think the other problem is, either the boss is going to be just utterly annihilated, or the boss is going to have so much health points that nothing anyone does really changes anything. Especially if you start applying the logic of, like, challenge ratings to this. Yeah. Because this is going to be, a like ancient dragon or Tarrasque level thing in mm. order to be scaled which means that it's going to one hit kill all of these beginner characters yeah that's the other thing is I can't see any way this would work which isn't A the players just utterly obliterate this thing and there's no point having a fight B this thing wipes out the entire 20 person party or C, it's just a tedious slog of slowly reducing our really huge number to zero. Um, so to answer your implied question, yes, you you are vindicated in your annoyance at the early GM group, early D&D group. I feel like the fun way to combine parties in something would be to have you fight each other. Yeah. Like either either, you know, some of you are evil. Or you want the same thing for different purposes, and then if he's going to let the other person have it. Yeah, I think you need to worry about, like... Finding a better DM? Possibly that. I think, like, with fight it, with a fight between parties, you need to sort of determine the stakes, because unless it's a big finale, a fight to death is probably a bad idea. But also, you know, it could be a big finale. Um, I can sort of see where the GM was going with it. I think it's sort of the thing of like, you know, a big crossover is a good idea in a TV show or a movie. And so they're like, ah, I'll do a big crossover in an RPG and forgot that That's RPGs what it are slightly is, different. isn't it? They yeah. were doing an Avengers. Uh, so don't do an Avengers, which I feel is good advice in general. It really is. That came out louder than I intended, but you know what? I think it was correct. Yeah. Remember, don't do what Joss Whedon does. But yeah, like I can see where the principle of everyone joins together is good, but 
I think the only way I can make 20 people work, I think you'd have to sort of split it into one half fighting the legs, one half fighting, one part fighting the legs, one part fighting the arms, and sort of switch and so forth, and switch between those groups. But even then, I feel it would get a bit tedious. It absolutely would, because at the end of the day, you've either got people shouting at each, like shouting over each other to their various DMs, mm. or you've got waiting for nineteen other people plus the thing you're attacking to go yeah. between your. Okay. Turns. So, solution: remove initiative. Whoever yells first acts first, and then, I mean, it certainly won't be tedious anymore. True. Um. You know, maybe someone will actually kill the big kill the boss while everyone else yelling incoherently at each other. Everyone yells so loudly at each other that the DM dies of thunder damage. Mm. Yeah, you and do thunder that. Yeah, okay. So you do thunder damage the enemy based on how loudly you yell at your DM IRL. If you kill your DM with thunder damage, you super win. I'm just saying, if you kill the DM, you won't have to do a twenty-person D and D fight anymore. And you do outnumber the DM 20 to 1. Become the big bad you want to see in the world. Hi, I'm Hazel, and I make a podcast with Liz called Bread and Thread, which you might enjoy if you are a fan of food or clothes or other interesting parts of domestic history. We find out interesting facts about things like regional foods, ancient breeds of sheep, um, pretty much anything domestic history. So if you'd like to know why it's illegal to import a sheep into Iceland and what was presented by Queen Victoria to Harriet Tubman, then you might want to check out Bread and Thread. Find us at Bread and Thread on Twitter or find us everywhere podcasts exist. So if you've done our obligatory, like, incitement to murder, mm-hmm. um, our next question is from Missing Textures R. What's the worst thing I could realistically make in a D&D campaign while playing an artificer? An artificer, but I'm... I feel like the thing about this is, define realistically, you're, you're in a fantasy game where potentially any magical item to help you do what you're trying to do could exist. Hmm. I feel like if you had something that created like okay so if you had something that created something that created something that created so you just have a grey goo scenario and I feel like you can do something with creation magic involving that like I guess there's the obvious you have a thing that summons a portable hole into your bag of holding where hey if you know what i mean um hmm, what would be the most okay a construct that is fully sentient and aware but has like no but it's just a block of stone with no limbs or sensory perception i think my problem is that i'm kind of unclear how creating magic items as an artificer work? It's not really a class I have much experience with, but when has that ever stopped me, like, speculating wildly? Like, I think they're just... You can make an object that continuously emits a certain odour. 
which is probably useful in some situations. Now, I think it's just they're really good at making them, but they don't necessarily have, like, any, like... I'm definitely not looking up the rules for Artificer as we... I think the thing is, from what I can tell from, like, what it says in, in the Xanathars, is it's kind of... You, you can make a magic item if you use the right amount of time and material and money. That's pretty much all that the raw says. So theoretically, you could make any magic item given enough like downtime and resources. Yeah, I think... Which I think I think that's the problem with the question is that the worst thing you could make is like literally anything that you can think of that is bad you could theoretically make if your DM lets you. You know, believe in yourself. Don't just set like what is the worst thing you can think of and then make it twice as worse. So I feel like it's basically how much you need how much you can persuade your GM then. It is. Um, so yeah, what you need to make is like I I feel like if we try and answer this question properly, what we will end up doing is just sitting listing bad magic item ideas, which is not going to be fun for anyone. Okay, in that case, the worst thing you can make as an artificer is a gun that you then point at your GM, so they are forced to like allow any ideas that you um put out for your artificer to make. The worst thing you can make as an artificer is a hostage situation. <laughs> oh, we can do better than that. The first, worst thing you can make as an artificer is an act of terror. You just yeah. need more better guns. You've put the GM in a, in a car and it's rigged to explode if they allow less than 60 of your artificer ideas a minute. No, 60 an hour. No, I like 60 a minute. Yeah, 60 a minute. They have to allow one artificer idea a second or it's going to explode. Just sounding like a really low-tier Batman villain now. The worst thing you can make as an artificer is a 20-on-1 battle. Yeah. Keep as an inviting... artificer, invent Dungeons and & Dragons and then make <laughs> everyone play it in character. As as just keep inviting people to the session until uh the GM breaks and allows you to make your super weapon. I just we are getting into the feet like the spirit of bad Batman villain here. Yeah, I so I I think in conclusion, the answer to missing textures as question is whatever your terrible little heart desires. Um, you told me this, Batman. How do the grappling rules work? I've been reading this <laughs> for 20 minutes. So if you have a question, then you can message us on Tumblr at Probably Bad RPG Ideas, Twitter at Bad Probably, or email. Um, we have an email address. Uh, probably Bad Podcast at gmail.com. You can also support us in our quest for world domination at patreon.com slash probably bad RPG ideas where you can get access to all sorts of goodies, mostly homebrew and bonus episodes, but also hanging out with nerds affectionate. Um, 
I think that's it. I believe so. Yeah. If we've um, gotten anything, please email us. Friends, so so that we can we can be the big D and D podcast. We we're, we're coming for you, Matmus. And remember, to and remember have a probably, to have a probably bad, bad day. day.